0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Colin Beardsley, Shearer and Ferdinand, Joe Kinnear and... <laughs> Newcastle United have had some great partnerships over the years and the Newcastle Natter is delighted to announce another one. Between us and Beer52.com, we've teamed up with Beer52 to bring you, the Natter listeners, free beer. You can claim eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash Newcastle. That's beer52.com forward slash Newcastle and cover just £4.95 for the postage. What's more, Newcastle Natter listeners get two extra free beers. That's a total of 10 free beers. Beer52 are beer pioneers. They travel the globe to find the best and most interesting beers from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. Each month, Beer 52 will deliver you a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland and many more. But they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that they don't hold you to ransom. There's no lock-in and you can leave at any time, unlike being a Newcastle supporter, which unfortunately is for life. Sign up and your first box will be sent to you the next day. As well as that, you'll receive a copy of craft beer magazine ferment and a cheeky snack thrown in. Just go to beer52.com forward slash Newcastle to get your first case of eight beers for free. And don't forget, Newcastle Natter customers get an extra two unmissable beers free. That's beer52.com forward slash Newcastle. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan, joined this week all the way from Canada by Fergus Craig. Hello, Fergus.
1: Hello, Paul. Hi. Just hear- Hello. Yes, you're coming through very clear here in Canada.
0: How is it there?
1: There's a bit of a delay here. No, it's good. um <laughs> it's- <laughs> It's good gearing up for my um, my return to the UK. Yeah,
0: looking forward oh. to it. I'm expecting to be welcomed with open arms. Looking forward to physically doing the pod in a studio with you again as well. But you've not been to the new studio, have you? No. Because the old one was in Old Street, and the pub options around there were not good. This one is near a snooker hall and a really nice pub. That's incredibly exciting, and Newcastle, frankly,
1: is secondary to that. Oh, very much so. Yeah, so is good. there still is there still room enough under the table enough for us to play footies with each other while oh, we record?
0: Just about, yeah. It's a stretch, but we can do it. It's definitely doable. Uh, uh, and from footsy, so before we start, so footy. Okay, fine. Well,
1: we're going to move into football. Yeah, sure. I want to talk about the new football manager. Yes. I'm really like angry with it. Why? As I mentioned on the WhatsApp, I've started as Newcastle twice and I've been sacked by November twice. The first time I was sacked by November... Results weren't great. I think I was just above the relegation zone. But I was like, fine, okay, fair enough. Whatever. Second time, five games into the season plus a cup game, unbeaten, fourth in the table, takeover. They said, "Oh, you're not our first choice, but we'll give you a chance. One game, won it 4-1. Sacked. I'd like to take it up with the owners of Football Manager 2020.
0: That is Even very anybody. harsh. Who? What? Who
1: is your new owner? Oh, I don't know. Some made-up name, I think. But like, I feel like I've paid for that game. I should be allowed to play it.
0: <laughs> you should be allowed to win.
1: I, I've, like, I dead... Well, not win. Like, I've dedicated a couple of evenings to it. Let me just pre so boring let me just play the game
0: paul yeah the thing with that is you end up doing about three hours of admin before you've kicked a ball in the season uh, you've built up so much and as soon as it starts going to shit i've only been playing the mobile version which i'm enjoying but i'm not doing well at i've not really done enough games i just keep changing my tactics hoping something will work if anyone listening has any thoughts please send them in of how to do well with Newcastle on it. Dave, obviously, is doing his usual thing of signing Wonder Kids and having a very unrealistic sort of 15 wins in a row. Which makes it doubly annoying, I think.
1: Dave is always sending messages
0: with... Hang on, hang on, Fergus, you sound like you're in a jug. Let's just wait a bit. Try again. Hello, can you hear me all right? Yes, (laughs) it's a slightly dodgy line. Are you, are you in a jug? Yes, I just stepped into a jug. Right, that's, that explains it. You're much clearer now, carry on. Uh,
1: yeah, Dave's one of those people who says, our oh, football manager so realistic. I'm top of the table
0: with <laughs> yeah. Newcastle United. Uh, right, okay. Newcastle I think United. we should get um, into Newcastle IRL in real life. Played last night at the time of recording and lost 2-0 at Villa Park.
1: It was actually two nights ago, Paul, but I know it's, oh it God, feels it was. very recent. Yeah. It feels very recent in your soul. It yeah. It was a pretty won, awful game. We won our last two games, hadn't we? Yeah. And, uh, so it was, it was easy to sort of trick ourselves into thinking that we were
0: a real football team. But I think of the three games as well, this is the one I was probably most... Well, not most confident of, but equally joint-top most confident that we would do well at. But we yeah. just, not for the first time this season, didn't really turn up.
1: Mm. They've been doing fairly well, uh, Villa, haven't
0: they? You know, I guess. I, d- I don't know... I th- I don't know if it's them celebrating us getting relegated or just having quite needly encounters with them in the championship but I hate Villa really really felt emotionally invested in this game to a higher level than normal and it was it's was really annoying
1: yeah I'm not a, a big Villa fan even though commentators would have you think that Jack Grealish is the greatest thing ever to have happened to English people.
0: This is what I was gonna ask you, because you we both have children and we we know what a deep loving bond can be like, but nothing is as close as the bond between Sky Sports and Jack Grealish. They're obsessed. Yeah. I don't know what it
1: is. Maybe maybe they're just about to buy the rights to Peaky Blinders.
0: His hair, he annoys me more than I think any other footballer in the league. Do <laughs> you reckon? Yeah, it's his like helmet haircut, and you can tell he's a twat. There's no grey area with that. You can look at him and you know for a fact.
1: Oh, to be fair, there was that time when he got attacked on the pitch. Uh,
0: the I don't want to sound harsh, but good. Carry on.
1: Wow! It was in a Villa Birmingham City derby, and he got attacked on the pitch oh, by yeah. a fan. And then he was all hell was breaking loose around him, and he was sat on, on the ground. And you could see him in such a clearly brummy accent say to himself,
0: "Oh my god,
1: <laughs> I can't do that.
0: <laughs> oh my god."
1: <laughs> uh, oh. It was, you know, that made me like him a little bit. Yeah, But yeah. yeah. I, I was I was fairly optimistic about the game, despite it being away on a Monday night. I, I heard there's some ludicrous stat about our last 15 Monday night games being away, and us having 14. Hotel. I
0: think, I think it 14 in a row, and of those, we've lost 12. How is that? Defendable How can It's not really But it's not I don't think they monitor it Or it's not They don't even it out So we have by far The most Monday night away games Out of all the current Premier League teams Over the last few years But just because they can I guess
1: Do you think it's just As simple as The uh, The um, Whatever the You know Premier League odds are that have to go up there and the media and whatever just don't want to go to Newcastle on a Monday night
0: I wouldn't be surprised that's the only theory that makes sense of it there's not much else that really explains it if you look like what else could it be yeah. so, should we talk about the goals uh, yeah sure the uh, first one I mean, they're both set pieces, both pretty dire mistakes leading up to them. DeAndre Yedlin every year seems to have one absolute howler of a game in him. And this was his one, I think. He, I mean, Jack Grealish is quite good, I'll reluctantly admit, but oh my God. they could <laughs> There's easier ways to stop him than just push him over because he's got the wrong side of you.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: credit where it's due. He managed
1: to do it just outside the box, but the, he didn't look like he was aware
0: of that. Could have easily. <laughs> yeah, done it it's a bad but sign. Yeah, you're it, making it, a challenge that you've never seen a footballer do before. It was just like a straight <laughs> push. no attempt to hide it. Yedlin and uh,
1: Lascelles have that in them, don't they?
0: Yeah. But, um, well, there was no late. Lascelles last night. And Fernandez came in, which you think would be a good like for like replacement, but they played Fernandez on the right of the back three and put Kieran Clark in the middle. I just don't think Fernandez is too slow to be on the outside of that three, I would say. Especially when we had Fabian Cher fit and on the bench. I would have much preferred Cher to be back in on the right of the back and have sort of one of Clark or Dummett on the left and then Fernandez in the middle. I thought there were a few selection oddities last night. That was the main one, not selecting Cher. I do wonder if the result would have been different with him in.
1: Surely he's not 100% fit. I mean, surely he's our first choice defender.
0: Well, him or Lejeune, who were both meant to be fit. I mean, he's probably not completely match fit, but it, it seemed an odd... Even a selection was a bit strange, I thought. Maybe they
1: felt he wasn't capable of doing 90 minutes and you don't really want to
0: put a, have to sub for the defender. Yeah, I guess. But it just changed the order around even. It very, it's funny I mean, it wasn't the oddest thing.
1: It's funny with our system that we have, it means that you end up getting centre backs like Fernandez taking throw ins quite deep into
0: their half. Yeah, there were a few like that last night, uh, Monday night. It doesn't feel right to me. It feels too overexposed. Uh,
1: yeah, we haven't had a clean sheet in since the Man United game.
0: So I think the main thing with how we played, I mean, there was a lot wrong with how we played, but we were so deep. And he decided to go with Shelby and... Uh, Isaac Hayden in the middle again I'm not I don't think either of them covered themselves in glory Particularly Shelby Yeah, Shelby looks like he's, every four games you'll get one very good game out of him and three shit ones and that feels like a luxury we probably can't afford to entertain but Sean Longstaff wasn't back yet. We had Matty Longstaff on the bench. I think last night was the first game where I've really missed Modi Army and thought he could have done quite a good job.
1: Right, just sort of got stuck in there a bit more.
0: Yeah, it was just they were running through us all the time. Shelby was coming deeper than the defence to get the ball every time. There's no, you've only got one out ball then as well. It's always straight up to Joe Ellington. Who did not look like a striker who could hold up the ball particularly well yeah
1: it's just you know i i don't know I we're just a very inconsistent side. we haven't spoken since we won those uh those two games, which changed things quite a
0: lot really I think yeah I think we're still five points of- above the relegation zones it's not. Too bad. I think if you'd said from these three games we could get six points you'd definitely take that but it's a worrying worrying trend at the minute of we'll have a really poor performance react to it, look like we've learned from it and then a few games later do the same again. I sort of worry we might just be stuck in a loop of that for the season.
1: Yeah, I think we're an inconsistent side with a lot of inconsistent players and uh,
0: yeah, one player who you have to say is very consistent is Miguel Almiron. I mean,
1: it's coming up to a year now that he's been with us. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's. I
0: do feel sorry for him, but. I feel very sorry for him, but he just. He's stopped looking like a footballer. Monday was. He had one sort of good chance early on fluffed it and you just saw the conf- any residual confidence he did have just drain out of him from there for the rest of the game I just because we're so young and so inconsistent up front I don't think we can afford to be carrying a player like that, he, j- he needs a spell on the bench surely Yeah there was that
1: first opportunity where um, St Maximin ran the length of the pitch with the ball so fast I could not comprehend how fast he was running with the ball you know there was a lot of space but it was insane how fast he was going and then he made what was not a bad choice to lay it off to Almiron Mm -hmm. and uh, Almiron
0: just exuded shit
1: shit shit I do feel for him because
0: he just he looks like he just needs it to go in off any part of him, but I just can't see how he's going to score soon. You just think for his own benefit, take him out for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Saint Maximin had another good game, but the problem is now Joelinton and Almiron are so sort of bereft of confidence. Teams know they can; they only really have to mark Saint Maximin. So every time he had the ball, there'd be three players around him. There's only so much you can do on your own. Yeah, it's,
1: mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I feel like we're just going to be returning to this theme a lot.
0: Uh, yeah, well, all
1: those at, three forwards just aren't scoring.
0: Yeah. Joe Ellington, you sort of, th- would you, what do you think our other options are up front, realistically? Because Andy Carroll, will he ever be fit enough to start a game for us?
1: He might be, but with the system that we're playing, uh, I would still probably choose Joe Ellington. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way that we're playing, you'd want someone a bit more mobile.
0: Yeah, I don't want to keep harking back to last season, but the fact that either at the beginning of then or the season before, we could have got Rondon for £15 It would just take so much pressure off Joe Ellington to have somebody like that ahead of him in the team.
1: Yeah, but you know, Joe Ellington was a £40 million striker. He's supposed to be... I don't really know on the basis of what, but he's supposed to be someone who can lead the line.
0: I yeah, I get... Mind you, you hear about people who've seen him play before. Was it Hoffenheim we got him from? They say he's not really... He's not much of a target man or that type of player. He's more played on the right or left of a front three and plays more like Firmino. The problem is we've not got the runners around him to be able to exploit that. So you sort of think the system we're playing doesn't suit him. The fact he's getting so few touches every game is very unlike, like, he gets, what, one chance a game maybe of that? You kind yeah. of think we're not helping the confidence of any of our players that need it because we've got a system that seems designed not to get the best out of them like Almiron's not really played right wing in his life and now we're playing him there every game he's always been a number 10 or a left midfielder so
1: it's I not- wonder whether, um, whether uh, if Almiron goes on the bench whether it might be worth bringing in Dwight Gale yeah A sort of like Perez sort of a way, and like if we say that yes, Dwight Gale is is not, his career thus far has suggested that he's not really a first choice Premier League player, but he does know how to finish. Yeah, Um, I think the the
0: point that's always against Gale is that in the Premier League. He only really manages sort of between five and ten goals, but that looks like it's going to be significantly more than any of our other strikers. Yeah. I think as well, how- having Joel Linton on the right might take a bit of that pressure off.
1: Uh, right. And what? And they're having Dwight Gale up front?
0: Dwight Gale up front, Joel Linton on the right, and then St Maxim on the left wouldn't mind seeing
1: that might be worth a try Paul
0: another one we've got is
1: get and next game Muto. is uh, against Man City great chance to try things, some new things
0: out yeah well we'll come um, on we'll come on to them I think is there anything else to say about the Villa game Uh
1: oh god what is there no not really
0: no. I don't think there is. I think that's as good a place as any to go to an ad break and then after that join us and we'll be talking about the upcoming win against Man City and looking maybe at, I mean we do it all the time, maybe we look at if we're going down or not and where we are at this point in the season and we'll be back after these messages. Hello and welcome to Seeing Red, a true crime podcast brought to you by me, Mark and my co-host Bethan. Each week we take a deep dive into the dark world of true crime. Cases have ranged from the murder of Christina Abbott, a high-class escort who was killed by a sadistic client, to the Peru 2 a pair of young women convicted of smuggling drugs in South America. Whilst always respectful to the victims of these crimes, we do like to tell each story in our own unique style, with humour and lots of f***ing swearing. Join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red, a true crime podcast, wherever you get yours. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Fergus, good break. It was so good. What did you do?
1: Um, I uh, asked you whether we had any
0: sweets. <laughs> yes, you did. Don't show them how it works behind behind the magic curtain. Yeah. Right. Um, I noticed something. Do you you like your American politics? Don't you? I do
1: rather yeah I like all politics as entertainment value and the second that I actually start thinking about the consequences of any policy then I find it really depressing but if I just watch it uh, uh, for entertainment then yeah love it.
0: Nice will you follow Five Thirty Eight, the Nate Silver thingy?
1: Yes. Have too. you seen
0: they do quite in-depth football stats now?
1: Yes, I have. They're, they're, it's really worth uh, looking at unless you're about to slate it.
0: No, no, I was saying they have us a 27% chance of going down. We're in their table. We're fifth from bottom. So you've got West Ham more likely to go down, Southampton, Watford and Norwich. I keep... Flip flopping every week on whether I think last week I thought we're definitely safe. This week I'm thinking we could quite easily get sucked in. I'm sure in a couple of weeks again I'll be like, we're safe. Is that just what our season's going to be now?
1: Yes, I think it's we're going to really uh, fluctuate. It, I'm just looking at that thing. I'd, so, yeah, if you're not familiar with 538, they are brilliant. Uh, they're uh, very. Uh, they're like a data-based analysis of uh, sports and politics.
0: It's and, like David website form,
1: right? Yeah, but they're more. They're just basically they. When it comes to sports, for example, they have here uh, the Premier League table as they predict it to be at the end of the season, Ooh. just on the basis of all the data that they have. Uh, that's how they uh, predict things are most likely to end up. So, as you say, they give us. They a have Liverpool th- top. Th- they have a Liverpool top with a seventy percent chance of winning the Premier League.
0: Man City
1: with, with a twenty-six percent chance of winning the Premier League, and uh, then Chelsea and less 3 percent chance Leicester. of winning. Yeah, but the thing about. Then, that I do sometimes wonder is American sports are so, particularly like baseball, but like American sports in general are just so stat based that I think it's a lot easier to make predictions along those lines. You say, like, yeah. this person's going to be this person, and this many times out of 10, this is what will happen. As Newcastle, it, it, well, football in general is just so sort of, it's a bit. It's a bit more. Maybe. Maybe I'm There's just romantic. There's so many factors
0: at play in football. I think so you have got 22 individuals all affecting the same thing. Whereas, like it's well, something it, like baseball, it's, like it's one man versus one, and you can model what's going to happen much more effectively. And in,
1: yeah, and in American football, that you know, it's not fluid. It's a series of like moments uh, where, like. Individuals are up against individuals within that system, you know, football, you know, like a whole team can be like blown away because there was dodgy lasagna.
0: (laughs) 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 It's true. So do you do you agree with them? Do you think we're going to be comfortably above the relegation zone, but avoiding it?
1: Uh, I think we're more likely to stay up than go down. Yeah. But, you know, I think we have a terrible run in us. Uh, But I also think we have a good run in us. After the Man City game, again, we've got like a few winnable games up until Mm. United on Boxing Day.
0: Again, my worry is, though, that it's the most winnable games that we've struggled with, Norwich and Villa. Two teams that have come up and have comfortably beaten us, but then the group just above that—you sort of more complacent, established Premier League teams—we seem quite good against. So, I think yeah, we have to remember we've got six points from the last nine game from the last three games. So we're not we're not in a crisis, but we keep seeming to have turned a corner, and then suddenly we're back. But I think you talk about Man City. We're playing on Saturday, twelve thirty kickoff. Sean Longstaff yeah. is back in contention. Last season we beat them, and Guardiola said afterwards we just couldn't deal with Hayden and Longstaff in the middle. Would you go with those two again, or can we drop Shelby now he's captain?
1: Uh, well, that's the thing. Don't make Shelby captain. <laughs>
0: It did seem an odd decision a player who's almost always uninterested and looks like a surly teenager on the pitch. It's a really strange captain choice considering you've got sort of Fernandes and Clark at the back or Paul Dummett. There's a lot of better choices for captain there. There's not many yeah. worse options for captain in that starting 11 I would say. Sort of Yedlin, Almiron, St. Maximin, or Joelinton seem the only worse options.
1: But Lenzels is still our club captain, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, look for me, all our midfielders are kind of like equally good at the moment.
0: Yeah, I would say the Man City game that we won last year showed that we're going to need such a high work rate in the middle to get anything. And I think that means you can't pick John Joe Shelby.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, they're all good at different things, and I'm more excited about the long staffs for the future. And that yeah. is a very, maybe Shelby is a luxury player who doesn't provide much luxury
0: yeah I think that's that's the main problem with Shelby his luxury now seems to be getting the ball in his own box and playing a 70 yard ball to nobody
1: he's a luxury player in the same way that like a pleather
0: couch from DFS is a luxury couch yeah or Turkish Delight is a luxury suite it's still shite yeah Uh, so yeah sure yeah Sean Longstaff and Hayden yeah get him in and Matty Longstaff is there as well but I sort of think he he was good against Man U but I think it's he's not quite ready yet I would say I think Hayden and Longstaff for me seems like a good way to go would you keep the front three the same? Maybe it
1: is. Let's have the, the long have already done one side of Manchester.
0: That's do true. the other. Yeah, maybe they should. Go yeah, go on. What were you going to say? Well, the front three. Would you keep it as it was? Considering they've got one goal between the three of them after thirteen games. I think I think Almiron needs to
1: be taken out of his misery. Mm. And it's, I mean, it seems kind of ridiculous to say, but yeah, if we've got, uh, if Dwight Gale is a start, is startable, then maybe. Yeah, or even. Uh, Yeah, or maybe, um, actually, if we want to play things a little bit differently, if Man City have a weakness, it's. It's in central defence. Maybe Andy Carroll could
0: have yeah. sixty minutes. How yeah, he does, just because they're going to be playing Fernandinho and John Stones at centre back. Which is probably one of the weakest pairings we'll have faced this season. Yeah, they're not. You know,
1: they. If we can get one or two opportunities in their final third you know maybe, just maybe just a, a couple of set pieces to knock it in there and then Carroll could be handy
0: yeah I'm sort of in two minds about it because I think Joelinton against Villa looked like he was never going to do anything holding up the ball because he was up against Tyrone Mings and whoever else but actually against Man City it might be his best chance of being that target man that can Bring the others into play. I'd sort of be, I'd have half a mind on keeping him and maybe swapping Almiron. In, in a weird way, it should suit us quite well, even though they'll probably hammer us. Our whole thing of not trying to control the game at all and just counter attacking with pace, you would think St. Maxim and Almiron, if he had confidence, and one other would kind of work
1: Sure yeah Give them another game
0: See so if they can make it 6-1 Instead of 6-0
1: Yeah
0: So you sound like you're quite pessimistic About it would that be fair? Yeah I think we've got um,
1: I think Man City a due a big win
0: Yeah I'm sort of weirdly more optimistic. I think it'll be like the Liverpool game earlier in the season, a sort of a tight two-goal defeat where we play better than we should. I'd like to see it at the very least share back in the lineup, and if if he's fit enough, Lejeune. Because I think then we're not... Everything we look to do with Shelby sort of spraying balls from the back, we suddenly then have two players who can do it. So we're not just losing possession as soon as we get it. I think that system works so much better with Lejeune. Sure.
1: I, I, I. We're getting so far into territory where I'm not confident of what I think
0: on any of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just go for score, lad Then, what's your prediction? Uh, I think we're going to lose four-one. Sorry. Wow. I'm going to go 2 0 to
1: Man City. I think we're I think we're going to lose 4-1 and I think three of those goals will be in the last 15 minutes.
0: But you've got us scoring a goal which on current form seems bold but then Man City's defence is quite shite. We've scored a goal in,
1: what well, I was going to say in most games this season but, you know. In, yeah, in most some- of our goals are defenders but we do we do score goals, but usually yeah. it's a different yeah.
0: No, we've got some, we've not got many Twitter questions, because I forgot to ask earlier, so basically tweeted at the start of the podcast. We've got one Twitter question. That's a lot of pressure to put on it. Actually, I think it's two questions in one, so that's good. It's Guy Abrahimi says, how okay. soon Thank before you. the next takeover, Rumour? Uh,
1: I think would would you one
0: yeah, some transfer point. window always seems to bring them. Yeah, some point in the next two weeks. Weren't the Mexicans meant to be back in recently? That came and went, that Mexican takeover.
1: I don't know, I just completely shut off to any takeover.
0: Yeah, it's, I think we are at the point now with takeover rumours where it's fooled me 15 times, shame on me. We've been it's through just,
1: it enough.
0: It's a complete waste of a
1: of a of an article.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think as well there is that thing that people say like if you've heard about it, then it's not going to happen because they tend to happen behind the scenes and they're done before people like us hear about it. Right, and I just yeah. don't believe it sounds too comedy for us to get taken over by Mexicans. I don't know why. <laughs> I just can't see it Guy Abrahimi also asks Over slash under Six and a half Bruce's in our training Staff by the end of the season I think he means Steve's Not Bruce's because we do have a lot of Steve's We've now got Steve Harper Back on the coaching team which I think means we've got Four Steve's Who Can you name the Steve's Uh Oh, Steve first names Nixon. only, I'm afraid.
1: <laughs> Steve Nixon?
0: Why not?
1: Here's the thing. If you, you could bring in
0: any Steves to the club, who would they be? It can be players or coaches or owners. If I could have any Steve... Stevie Gerrard! Stevie Gerard. No, I think
1: I'd like um, Steve uh, Amiobi. <laughs> Steve over. Uh yes, our head of recruitment is oh this is funny. I just steve looked Dick. up steve Nixon, Nixon right? Uh, as in N I C K S O N. Yes. Uh because I know his name from Football Manager basically. And he's a head of recruitment. And guess what the first search result was for Steve Nixon. Nudes? No. It's his LinkedIn profile. Oh, what's on there? Talk us through I'm, it. I'm now on Steve Nixon's LinkedIn profile. Uh how many uh connections do you think Steve Nixon has on LinkedIn?
0: <laughs> At I'm least sure. three Next Steve. week
1: He, he has 263 connections yeah. oh but he doesn't give me the option to look at his connections yeah he, he's been our head of recruitment for two and a half
0: years oh so it is actually his LinkedIn not another Steve Nixon it's, no it is his LinkedIn oh got, what does he say uh
1: well, nothing he doesn't he, he's just got his CV basically <laughs>
0: I feel like, I don't know why, when you're at a Premier League club, it feels like you shouldn't need LinkedIn anymore.
1: Yeah, it does somewhat, doesn't it? And it's yeah. Got, oh, here we go. He's got, um, right, someone, because uh, <laughs> when he was at Blackburn Rovers Football Club, uh, someone is like, vouched for how good he is. The scouting coordinator at Blackburn Rovers Football Club. I've been privileged to work with Steve Nixon. He's a man of great integrity and an unstinting worker. He is someone who leaves no stone unturned in the pursuit of excellence and his knowledge of players is unrivaled. Wow. And it goes on and on. There you go. Well, that's something. I'm, I think I'm going to spend Hang on a minute! This is fucking mental. This must be fake, right? <laughs> God, just looking at what's on the sidebar. Guess who else has a uh, a LinkedIn profile? Steve
0: Bruce, Paul Dummett. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not a Premier League footballer. Can't probably. Yeah. This must be my,
1: like, this must be Newcastle fans putting up fake. He's got endorsements for his skill.
0: <laughs> Maybe we should have a deeper dive into those on the next pod. Oh, my God. Listen to this. <laughs> right. Just, just, just
1: to whet your appetite for the next pod, which is going to be 100% on LinkedIn. people involved in the United Football Club's LinkedIn profiles. <laughs> this must be <laughs> He's got one recommendation. Is this Dummer or Steve Nixon? Paul Dummer has one recommendation. It's from Baz Stano, who's a bricklayer at Building for the North. And uh, all he's put is True Patriot and Brexiteer. (laughs) Wow. Oh, this must be fake. There's Sir Alex Ferguson, there's Unai Emery. Oh, it must, yeah. David
0: Platt. That's a shame. Oh, well. One more question from Guy Abrahimi. Why does it have to be so depressing? Football's supposed to be fun. I think football isn't supposed to be fun. And we're putting in a lot of groundwork here so that when we are successful, we'll be able to enjoy it that much more. Because we'll be able to look back to when we were so unremittingly shit.
1: That is the thing about football, is it's, it's only fun because sometimes it's not. Yeah. And, you know... I think most football fans feel like like have a a similar level of enjoyment from football, no matter what club they follow. We, in the last few years, have had some real lows. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Man City fans who had years of shit, now, after every dropped point, probably feel just as shit as we do when we lose to Villa. 'Cause yeah. they're like that they're that they're losing out in the title race, you
0: know. But I think as well, all fans of every football club, probably with the exception of only Liverpool, the nature is to think you should be slightly better than you are. So every football fan is probably thinking we're underachieving a bit here. Yeah. You
1: know. And 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 um, we are. We have been underachieving for a long time,
0: but but then if you underachieve days- for so long, is that really underachieving? Uh, no,
1: no, it's not. On, on the basis of what came before in the Premier League, the last ten years has been shit. But yes, actually, definitely, maybe in all of football, right now uh, in the table, we are what we are. 14th and if I think you can make pretty good argument that we're about in terms of club 14th is about
0: right for us yeah unfortunately you sort of think I guess the potential is there with the right or with a decent owner to do better
1: yeah I mean there's teams above us who definitely should Shouldn't be, like Bournemouth and Brighton, or
0: whatever. But yeah, then, you know, teams of that size who are willing to pay higher fields. wages as well.
1: Yeah, but then clubs like Leeds are below us and, I don't know, Sheffield Wednesday and...
0: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably as good a place as any to leave it. We need to remember next week to actually tweet and ask for your question, but feel free to tweet any questions to us as you're listening to this. It can be about LinkedIn or football or anything. Anything else to add ahead of the Man City game? Say that again. Anything else to add
1: before the Man City game? Just the the title of this pod is now...
0: uh... (laughs) That's going to be a tricky one to spell. All right, well, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much to you, the Natter listeners. Thank you to you, Fergus Craig. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts,
0: visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.